what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. She's the host of Let's Talk Live and the creator of Raising Our Sons in America. From the Peach State of Georgia, please welcome Mrs. Don G. Smith to the Talk to Q Radio Show. Don, how are you? Good afternoon. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome. Thank you so much for joining, and we'll get right to it. Uh, first question, how many kids do you have? Are they boys, girls? How old are they? I have three boys. They are 11, six, and one just turned four last month. Okay, 11, six, and four. And so the 11-year-old especially is old enough to maybe do something for you, you know, on Mother's Day, something special. And as a son, I remember what Mother's Day meant to me when my mom was still alive. You know, it was mm-hmm. always a feeling of satisfaction when I found the perfect mm-hmm. gift and presented it to her on those special Sundays. As a mother, what does mm-hmm. it mean to you to receive that gift or special offering from your kids? Well, it's funny that you say that because it just it really warms my heart just for my kids to even think of me. And my 11-year-old, he's pretty kind of laid back. He's chill and whatever. Um, But whenever he does anything, whether it's Mother's Day or every day, um, it really warms my heart. Just the other day, my 6-year-old, he's he's soon to be 7, he went into his savings bank, and we keep it in our room. He went into his savings bank and got out $2. And he says, here, Mommy. Here's um here's part of your mother's day gift. He said I Google now they are Google gurus. He said I Google <laughs> Mother's Day gifts for moms and they said money, so they said money was a good gift, so here you go. <laughs> and that warms my heart. So it's little things cool. that they do. All right, all right, that's cool. And I know how it is when I was a a son, and I think that, you know, I picked out the best gift in the world, and it could have been something simple, mm-hmm. but, you know, my right. mom always appreciated it, so that's kind of a cool feeling as a kid. What is the father's role when it comes to Mother's Day? You know, you're married, you know, so do you expect anything from him, or is it okay for him to only worry about maybe his own mother and not necessarily the wife? So I'm going to give you the political <laughs> the politically correct answer and the real answer. <laughs> so the politically correct answer to this is it's Mother's Day. So I do expect really my sons to, you know, really kind of take the lead on this. Of course, with them being younger, okay. uh, my husband helps them out, you know, with things. Um, but the real answer is my husband knows he he should be doing something <laughs> 
So he knows, he, he <laughs> offers and he asks, you know, what would you like for Mother's Day? And honestly, most of the time, I'll, um, he's really good about, he'll keep the boys um, just, you know, occupy whether it's he'll take them out and they'll go somewhere and he'll let me just have a day to myself in the house or uh, oh, there's nice. been instances. It, yeah, right. And so there have been instances where I've gone and taken my own mother on little staycations and he will just, you know, be aware that he needs to have all his work and everything done because the boys are going to truly be all his um, and he'll pay for, you know, my mom and I to go and, you know, do some, have some other daughter time. But he he's really good about just whatever it is that I want. And most of the time, mothers all over everywhere, I hope your audience is listening, mothers just want time to themselves on Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So that's a little bit of advice, fellas, to everyone out there Absolutely. listening. Okay. So... You know, I, I don't I don't know if mothers are appreciated the way they should be or maybe as they once were. And I mm-hmm. mainly feel that way because of so many single parent households these days. And yeah, this everlasting sure. war everlasting war between baby mamas and baby daddies, you know. And so for do sure. you agree that Mother's Day has lost some of its shine? Because in a lot of households around the country, there there is no dad to help honor the mom. Well, truly, Mother's Day, I I don't necessarily know that it's lost its shine just for me. Um, I really think it depends on the person. And you mentioned, you know, single-parent households. A lot of moms um, kind of take the time to – it depends on who you are. Take the time to honor themselves. And a lot of single-parent households – um, still are not necessarily doing it by themselves. That's why I think it's so important, whether you're single or married, is to build up your village um, so that you, you're you not just relying on your husband or you're not just relying on just me, myself, and I to do it my, by myself because it is hard to raise a child, especially in these times. Um, so with Mother's Day, I don't think it necessarily has lost its shine. I think it's been very commercialized. Um, but I think if you're the kind of person that doesn't um, wallow in self-pity, that you don't allow the world to take the shine away from you on Mother's Day or any day for that matter. And so with the whole quarantine thing going on again, how do you expect Mother's Day maybe to be impacted by that? You know, like every Mother's Day restaurants yeah. are packed, packed across the country. And so this year it may seem a little different. So do you think that, um, you know, it will have a huge impact as far as the celebration of Mother's Day? Or maybe it will work out for the best as far as people being able to take time at home? I do think um, it's funny that you asked because I just posted that very same question the other day. Um, And it's funny because a lot of the fathers are kind of laughing at us now because they're like, hey, you're you're about to get the same thing we get, a barbecue and you're (laughs) cooking the pie. And everybody knows that a barbecue is really just 
a man standing over the grill and the women are doing everything else. So I think that it will <laughs> impact Mother's Day because now we don't get a chance to go and go have a spa day. We can't send the family out. We can't send the kids away somewhere. Um, but I think it's kind of bittersweet now because it causes us to be a little bit more creative or causes um, – our kids to be creative, causes me to be creative with my own mom. Um, you know, some of the responses were to try to do, like, some Zoom celebrations or drive-bys or do, like, online shopping sprees. One girl gave a great idea of um, doing, like, an online shopping spree Zoom. So you would Zoom with your mom or whatever um, and That's then pull up cool. maybe Amazon or right or their favorite retail store and then just have them pick what they want and then you, you know, kind of pay for it via Zoom. So I thought that was cool. Okay, yeah, maybe it will force a little creativity. So that that is mm-hmm. that is interesting. I never thought of it from that perspective. Okay, so on your website, you have a movement called Raising Our Sons in America. Um, I believe you call it Rosa. And um, what yes. is that about? Tell us about that. So Raising Our Sons in America was an organization. It's a nonprofit organization. And it came about just, of course, what's going on now in our society, uh, which is really nothing new, but the the um, light was shed on the amount, the police brutality against our black boys. And now more than ever, it's being publicized. And um, it just with me having three boys myself, a lot of people have questions. How do I raise my child in a society um, to seek how do I raise my child to seek verification from a world that hates them or validation from a world that does not find favor with the black male? So that's what Raising Our Sons in America is all about, is providing tools and resources to both educators and parents. It's an outlet for parents and teachers because teachers of black boys, and I'm, I'm a, um, a certified school teacher, um, I'm an academic coach as well, um, and the way that you teach black boys is different even from the way that you teach black girls or white girls or white boys. They are just wired differently. Nothing is wrong with it, but I could go on and on and on about that topic. But um, Raising Our Sons in America is just that. It is a resource. It is an advocate for parents and educators um, to really become aware of the needs of our, our black boys in our society. So we started it in 2016, and of course, the idea really, again, came from um, just everything that was brought to light in media regarding the senseless killing um, of our black boys, especially um, when it comes to law enforcement and the treatment they were getting. And again, like I said, this is nothing new. When you think about Emmett Till and you think about even um, during slavery, the um, after the Emancipation Proclamation, the marauders, um, which were mm-hmm. um, bounty hunters, if you will, were sent um, to go and look for and kill and lynch, um, you know, freed slaves, free, uh, those who were freed, um, and they weren't slaves, they were enslaved, but those who were free. So the, and then eventually those marauders, they evolved into uh, night riders, and those night riders evolved, evolved into the KKK. The KKK then evolved into uh, what we have now, our law enforcement. So there are deep roots of racism. 
within uh, law enforcement and within the United States as a whole. Um, so Rosa was um, created just because of out of my own wanting to do something as a mother of three black boys, um, you know, not just talk about the change, but be the change that you want to see in the world. I think that's great and it's definitely needed. And, you know, with you being a Georgia native, we recently had the incident with uh, the young black man, Ahmaud Arbery, who was right. basically gunned down in the street by, by two white guys. And um, I know yeah. what type of impact that can have on you as a, a mother of, of three boys, especially if you're 11 year old, because he's getting to that age yeah. that people are going to look, look at him as a threat. And um, right. So, I mean, what kind of conversation, you know, if at all, do you have with them? Are they too young? I mean, how do you approach, you know, raising your sons when it comes to the violence against black men? So, uh, Quincy, you just you just asked all the right questions, I'm telling you. <laughs> but honestly, I just had this conversation with my sons yesterday. I sat them because, we, of course, we participated in the Iron Run with Maude. Um, movement on yesterday but before we did it because I didn't want them to just be out there running and be cute and take pictures and all of that silliness but right. I sat down with them and I actually I talked to them before I showed them the video I had my seven-year-old and my um, uh, my 11-year-old and my six-year-old I keep saying seven because they're both both birthdays in June <laughs> but um, I sat them down with me and I talked to them about and, and we've talked before about this, but we talked about racism and we talked about how uh, just because of the color of their skin and because they're black boys that they um, will be treated differently. And I, and I, you know, talked to them about wearing the hoods in public and keeping their hands out of their pocket when they go in stores and things like that. And I kind of set that conversation up and then showed them the video of um, the senseless murder of Ahmaud Arbery. Um, and then even after I showed them the video, I showed them another video. There was another instance, and I believe it was in Georgia, too, of an actual seven-year-old um, was uh, brutalized by law enforcement because he had a, um, I don't know if it was a cigarette or some kind of whatever, something he wasn't supposed to have, or maybe the police officer thought he had it. But he began to bang the little boy's head against the ground, and just it was really excessive force. And this seven-year-old, of course, was a defiant little boy. He he was kind of trying to fight back, and his older brother, who was videotaping, um, you know, was pleading with him to stop fighting back. And I really wanted to show my, my six-year-old son that video because he's – kind of one that he's a he's a little boy with a big bark and he he is is not one to back down from a situation and I had to show him that to tell him that in some instances just like Paul in the Bible everything is not expedient for you to do and we can't say and do everything unfortunately because of the color of your skin so with everything that went on with Ahmaud Arbery uh, we did the run we videotaped, we went live on Facebook, on my page, Raising Our Sons in America. We went live and um, we talked about it um, and we made connections to the conversations parents should be having with their boys. Um, but then we also went home and 
our, our organization started a petition on change.org uh, for our Senate to pass the bill, House Bill 426, into law. And what House Bill 426 states is that um, anyone anyone in Georgia can be charged with a hate crime. Right now, Georgia is one of the only four states in the United States that does not have a law against hate crimes. And hmm. anybody who knows anything about the southeastern region of the United States is where the most hate crimes take place. <laughs> the southeast region has true. had a long standing. I mean, we've had a long standing history of, um, you know, of racism, especially when it comes to police brutality. So the fact that we don't have this in place speaks volumes about um, just the society that we live in. So we do have a petition that's going. Um, forward right now to petition our senators to uh, pass the bill. The bill was was passed in the House of Representatives, got to the Senate, and now all of a sudden it's just standing still. So they vote again in June. So we're that's our our next step. Okay, and hopefully they'll do the right thing there. Right. And right. okay, and now part of your vision with Rosa is to encourage the promotion of African American males in social mm-hmm. and educational sectors. Now, the latter needs no explaining, but clue us mm-hmm. in on what you mean by promoting them in social sectors. So social sectors, you think about um, there are seven mountains. I'm not sure if you've heard. There's a, I forgot the author, but um, there are seven, seven mountains that we teach our kids to conquer, um, and that means okay. in media, in uh, religion, in arts, in communication, in entertainment. Um, so those are your social sectors. Uh, even in business, um, in the financial realm, those are your social sectors. Um, just to promote black businesses and black promotion in those areas is what we're trying to do. So um, the Bible says to train up a child in Proverbs, train up a child the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. So if I see my 11-year-old is showing strength in a particular area, for instance, he loves video games and, and computers. So instead of me okay. allowing him to just sit on video games all day and play, or instead of me taking that away from him, I'm just now going to channel it in a direction that's going to set him up for success later on. So since I see that love of that, now I'm going to set you up on classes on how to code, classes on how to create your own video games. I might even set you up a YouTube account to videotape yourself doing how-to videos on how to play a video game and go ahead and monetize that thing. So instead of taking things away and being such staunch disciplinarians as we tend to be as black moms, instead of doing that, mm-hmm. but channel their strengths in a way that's going to set them up for success in that social sector. That is awesome. That is truly awesome. And um, a very, very good way of looking at um, at parenting kids who, you know, kids have yeah. hobbies. And you're right. A lot of times yeah. parents try to take the hobbies away because they don't think it's important, but they don't realize right. how it can be in that avenue to something um, later down the line. So, all right. So I'm going to get you out of here on this. We're going to end this um, on a Mother's Day perspective. All right. Let's say there's no COVID-19, there's no quarantine, everything was what it once was, you know, a year ago Mm -hmm. today. What would be the perfect Mother's Day for Don? 
Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, it, mm, wow. It will probably consist of a, a whole weekend, like a three-day thing. You know, I'm I'm over the top. Okay. <laughs> so it might be <laughs> one day with my kids relaxing or with my kids and my husband and then just cleaning the whole entire house and I'm just binging on Walmart, <laughs> on Hallmark or Lifetime while they're doing that. Um, and then I would definitely love to go overseas um, somewhere to – I don't know to Fiji. Um, get a, I want to. I want to um, experience like the hot springs, that type of thing, um, and even okay. just be there with my mom um, and celebrate her as well. But just somewhere calm and serene would be would be really ideal and cater to hand and foot with an with an abundance of crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. I think there are a lot of mothers out there listening who would love to partake in something like that as well. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Don, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Let my listeners know where they can follow you online and where they can get on board with Raising Our Sons in America. Sure. Thank you so much for uh, having me, Quincy. It has been amazing um, sharing with you and your listeners. You can contact us on Raising Our Sons. Um, in America at Facebook. We're on Facebook. We have a page and a community. We're on Instagram as Raising Our Sons 3. Um, You can catch our podcast, Let's Talk Live, where we talk about different issues surrounding things that, uh, you know, parents face. Um, And, again, the podcast is Let's Talk Live. It's on Spotify and Anchor. Um, And, yeah, we go live every Monday on Facebook as well, so you can catch us there on Monday nights at 8.30. And that's about it. We do have a book called 31 Affirmations, 31 Daily Affirmations Mm -hmm. for African-American Males, um, and that can be purchased on Amazon. It's both uh, paperback and you can get a Kindle copy, an electronic copy. So uh, speaking life, having your voice speak life, I think is very important to me. So go ahead and get that as well. Sounds good. And I'll make sure to put some of those links on the Talk to Q radio show fan page as well so folks can have access to it. Mrs. Don G. Smith, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Q on one edition of the Talk to Q radio show. And I wish a very special happy Mother's Day to you. Quincy, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so I really enjoyed my interview with Dawn Smith. Uh, It was a pleasure to have her on. She made a lot of powerful statements, especially talking about Ahmaud Aubrey and uh, what it's like to raise three black boys of her own. So um, I I thank her once again for taking the time. But I wanted to talk about something myself as far as Mother's Day and what it means to me. You know, I have to admit that Mother's Day has not been the same for me since my mom passed in 2012. Now, I'm blessed to still have my grandmother, who just recently turned 97 years old, and I still get gifts for my late wife's mom, you know, my mother-in-law, on Mother's Day. But the, the day still seems incomplete without my mom. My mom's name was Mary. Now, she was 69 years old when she passed away in June of 2012 from cancer. She was diagnosed around 2009, and it just slowly ate away at her. Um, 
she spent the last month of her life in the hospital. And this is a story that I've never shared with anyone. And um, I will say, I do mean no one. I've never shared this story. One of the toughest moments of my life was my mom was in the hospital a couple of weeks before she died. And, you know, she had gotten to the point to where she couldn't feed herself. And I was feeding her one evening and I thought about just, it made me think back to when I was a kid, you know, and, and how she fed me as a baby, you know, mothers feed the children. So I thought about how she, you know, would have fed me as a baby. And now here it was full circle. I was doing the same for her and it took everything within me to not cry in front of her. And I'll never forget that moment because the amount of appreciation for everything she did for me in my life swelled up inside of me. And I almost exploded in a wave of emotions just from the simple act of having to be the one to feed her as opposed to a mother feeding a child. I managed to keep myself together, you know, but in the moment of it all, I can think about there were many instances that she made sacrifices for me, helping me with my homework, taking me to practice when my dad was at work, um, being a taxi for Buck or my cousin Jerome to go to the mall arcade and play video games. You know, so many times she put off what she wanted to do to make sure that my brother and I were happy. And I'm so glad that she had the opportunity to retire and actually enjoy her life before she got sick. She loved to go fishing and she loved to visit casinos. And she did that very often for about five to seven years before she got to the point that she was too weak to go. And the morning she died, I remember the emptiness I felt. When the coroners took her from the hospital room, I felt as if I should go with them to accompany her because even though she was gone, I, I didn't want her to be alone. And I, I guess that the message that I want to pass on to all of you guys out there is please don't take your mom for granted. If she was good to you, then do twice as much as you can for her. And for the guys who are husbands or have children with a woman, you're not exempt from this either. And I'm not just talking about on Mother's Day. I mean every day. Husbands, treat your wife right. Spend equal time with your children and allow her some alone time. It's not a woman's job to take care of kids. It's the responsibility of both parents to do that. Do your share, okay, period. And for you guys that have kids by woman by a woman and you don't have custody of them or you don't live with her, pick up the kids, okay, as often as you can. Don't think that just because you get them every other weekend after she's had them for 12 straight days that you're doing something special and you're some kind of superhero, okay? A dad who really loves his children will get them as often as he can. Just because you or her are no longer together doesn't mean that their mother is no longer important to you. I mean, after all, she's raising your kids. You need to have her be at her best, which means you need to relieve her whenever possible. Allow her time to go out and have a spa day or whatever it is that she wants to do. Her peace of mind will allow her to be the best parent she can be. Now, well, I guess what I'm trying to say to all of, all of you out there, treat mothers with the respect that they're due. And I'm not belittling the roles of dads because they are equally important. But we all have a special bond with each active parent. And mothers have a special place in our hearts because we all share the heartbeat with them at some point of the, their pregnancy with us. So do the right thing 
and let them feel love every day of the year and not just on Mother's Day. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.